0: Students, happy Monday. You're listening to Answers Gospel Questions with me, Brother Lawson, and a very melancholy Brother Wing. So sorry about your Dallas Cowboys, Brother Wing.
1: Oh, you know, if I let the Cowboys affect my mood that much, then I would be a pretty miserable guy. (laughs) But I'm a happy guy. I'm a really happy guy.
0: (laughs) All right. Well, you've moved on. That's great. You know, the Kansas City Chiefs, I don't know if you saw their they're actually still in the playoffs and nobody cares nobody
1: nobody cares
0: the Kansas well, City in the great state of Missouri Zion part 1 that's i mean this is all probably fulfilling prophecy okay maybe that's too far um <laughs> where our thoughts are with Patrick Mahomes and his ankle right now all right um this week students we are we're going to be answering gospel questions from Mark 1 and Luke 3 and Matthew 3. Uh, we're going to talk about snakes. How, how do you feel about snakes, Brother Wayne? Are you afraid of snakes? You like snakes? That's so funny. My daughter
1: was just asking me that last night if I was more afraid of snakes or spiders.
0: Oh, and what was the answer? Snakes. <laughs> <Of> snakes <laughs> Yeah. Where'd you get the where'd you get your fear of snakes? You know that they, they say that a fear of snakes or fear of spiders is a learned fear. It's not something that comes comes naturally. Where would you learn to be afraid of snakes? Um probably playing in the creek in Arkansas <laughs> when I was a kid. <laughs> People running for their lives when they see a snake. yeah Well, in uh we're talking about John the Baptist uh this week and and we will talk about snakes, but um We wanted to talk about John's main message, which was to get baptized. No, no, it really wasn't to get baptized. In fact, they I I like the name John the Baptist, but really his first message to everyone was to repent. So what would we call that? John the, I can't think of a good name for him, (laughs) repentance guy, right? And uh, if we look in Matthew 3, also in Luke 3, well, let's look in Luke 3. Let's look at Luke. Um, and we can see a little bit about, about John's message in, if, if, in Luke chapter three, we get a multitude of people, which probably included some Pharisees and Sadducees. If we read the Matthew three account as well, they, he's out baptizing, you know, this dude is wearing uh, camel hair. He's got this leather skirt on. And I mean, he's eating grasshoppers and people are like, this guy's crazy, but he's got a whole multitude of people and he is preaching the word. Like you can tell, he doesn't care what he looks like; he just cares about getting people ready for the higher ordinances of the Melchizedek Priesthood, which Jesus will bring. And he says to this multitude of people, which, like I said, include Pharisees and Sadducees, "O generation of vipers or snakes, who hath warned you to flee from the wrath to come?" Man, it's interesting. Why would he call them snakes? What do you think, Brother Wing? just right off the top of your head, what thoughts do you have there?
1: Yeah, they you know, a snake is um suspicious. <laughs>
0: <laughs> this is kind
1: of leaning on my fear, your I guess. Fear but, of snakes. <laughs> yeah. But um obviously they're quite stealthy and uh deceptive um in what they what they do to go about their victims. And so I think these guys are. Um, also doing the same. They're, they're feigning to be one way um, or to be harmless even. And yet because of the doctrine that they're teaching and their mm-hmm. intentions, they do not have good practices, good intentions, and they are definitely um, a threat uh, to those around them. So I think a viper is a good yeah. analogy for these guys.
0: Yeah, it's interesting that these viper, I mean, that's not typically the thing that you hear at a baptism. When someone's coming to get baptized, you don't hear the person baptizing, hey, you're a you, you viper. What are you doing coming to get baptized? There's something that, that these folks have not done uh, that needed to get taken care of before they got baptized. And that is what John is going to talk about in, in verse eight. And that's what we're going to talk about today. And that is Bring forth, therefore, fruits worthy of repentance. Right, this is what the people needed. To, this this multitude that was coming to him, they were they just wanted to participate in the ordinance without preparing uh, for that ordinance. That ordinance would have meant nothing to them, and they would have just been getting wet in the river if it wasn't for the the preparation that needed to take place first, which was repentance. All right, so what can you teach us? What what can we learn about the importance of repentance and what it is, Brother Wing?
1: Yeah, so I, I mean, I do think it's significant to point out, as far as the Bible account that we have, it's it's like John the Baptist's first word, and and we've talked already about how he is the uh, preparer, a forerunner for Christ, and so obviously his his whole focus is going to be on helping people to repent, to make straight the way between the Savior and all of these people. And so uh, repentance is a word that, for whatever reason, can be misunderstood. But as we read Scripture and we get more familiar with Scripture and we get really accustomed to Scripture and we see the word repent over and over and over again, we start to get a feel for what this word is actually referring to and that it really is a happy, hopeful word and it conveys that there there can be fresh starts and renewal and healing and it all obviously if if the word is divorced from Christ and his grace and his power then yeah it could be seen as like a a a club or a threat or something really mean or like being super judgmental and unaccepting like it it could mean all of those things if it's taken out of context, but in its scriptural context, it is always attached to the Lord and preparing to receive more of what he has, but also using the gifts that he can provide. And so, man, what a happy, hopeful word that we really can change, that we're not bound or defined by our mistakes. Um, And a call to repent is really a, a call that there's hope for everyone
0: ex i love that and i i love you mentioned a few times in what you're sharing there that um repentance can prepare us for something greater and that's what john was trying to do was to pre- prepare the people for something or someone greater uh preparing the way for jesus christ oftentimes we've talked about the ironic priesthood as the preparatory priesthood i think that sometimes uh and that's the priesthood that john was using to baptize people sometimes though in the church we think about uh well, it's called the preparatory priesthood because it's preparing these young men to hold the Melchizedek priesthood. That's not accurate at all. The Aaronic priesthood prepares us to receive the ordinances of the Melchizedek priesthood. So, uh, like something simple as um, the ordinance of the sacrament, which is which we participate in as, as part of our repentance, is an Aaronic priesthood ordinance that takes place to prepare us for higher ordinances, uh, and and that relationship with our Father in heaven. A bishop is the president of the Aaronic Priesthood, and and is almost like, I guess you could look at a bishop as kind of like the John the Baptist of your ward. He is the one that is crying repentance, and uh, he holds the gospel of repent the keys of the gospel of repentance, just like John the Baptist did. And that's one of the reasons why we utilize a bishop when we are seeking to change, and when we're seeking to uh, to overcome to overcome sin, and so that's a good. I mean, that's a. You don't want to picture your bishop up sitting on the stand in a in a leather girdle and a and a camel hair up there, but he is like a John the Baptist in that he is crying repentance to the ward through the uh, ordinance of the sacrament, and he holds that that key of the gospel of repentance, meaning you can you can go to him and he can help you overcome, overcome sin. Yeah. I
1: think, you know, um, with our kids, we've tried to define the word repent in a good way. I mean, one way to define it is to turn, you know, like Mm. we're, we're turning away from our old way of doing things and we're, and we're really turning to Christ, you know? And so I think that's a good definition with our children. We've, we've used the definition of we can try again. You know, and so to have that definition that because of Christ and because of what he's done, we really can just try again, you know, and we can, we can uh, uh, make this effort. And so that's why, like the Book of Mormon teaches so effectively in Alma 34 that we don't want to procrastinate the day of our repentance. You know, we want to take advantage of these opportunities to try again and keep getting better. And yes, we're going to continue to make mistakes, um, but we just keep trying. keep going forward and the lord in his infinite mercy um is going to his abundant mercy is going to be able to provide opportunity and grace and 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 strength for us to make real changes in our lives
0: to draw closer to him so someone might be uh listening to this and think oh man i want to make some changes uh again when these people showed up to to the where john the baptist was baptizing and he greeted them with hey you generation of the vipers you need to repent first they asked a great question which i think maybe some of our listeners might be asking right now like okay well so i'm going to church i'm i'm active in my in my ysa ward and i'm doing all kinds of stuff what should i do and that's a question that the people asked john like after he called them the generation of vipers they said well what should we do I really I think it might be good to ponder upon uh John's response to that question, a question that you might have as well. The answer he gave them was uh he he that hath two coats, let him impart to him that hath none. He that hath me let him do likewise. All right? so just right off the bat, one of the things that he says is think about others, think about others first. I think where we. Where sin begins, and us is when we only consider ourselves, and we're not we're not thinking of others. And so that's just a basic uh, answer, I think John the Baptist gives to that question. Well, where do I start? Where do I start the repentance process? We'll start by thinking of others rather than yourself.
1: Yeah, and that continues because that's what the people came. But then the publicans say the same question; they get a different answer because mm-hmm. they're in a different situation. But it's really think of other people and it's how they were reacting to other people. And then, you know, the soldiers come even, what shall we do? You know? And then he's like, you know, do, do violence to no man, neither accuse any falsely and be content with your wages. I mean, these are, again, they're kind of, they're unique to the person, just like us. If I'm going to come to the Lord and I'm gonna say, what should I do? The Lord's going to help me to know what I can do in my situation to draw closer to him, treat other people better And then, you know, if you want to take that question and go to Acts chapter two, when the people come to Peter and say, what should we do? And then the first word out of their mouth, repent. And so make this fresh start, this change, any small effort that we make to turn to the Lord is going to pay off in a greater connection with him.
0: Yeah. And I'll put one more plug in for bishops on this too. Like brother wing counsel, that's good to, like one of the easiest prayers to get answered is, uh, Heavenly Father, what should I do? What do you want me to do? That's like going to your, you know, imagine going to your parents and say, Hey, what would you like me to do? They can think of a whole bunch of stuff for you to do. But maybe if you're struggling to, uh, to, to put your finger on exactly what God expects you to do, uh, uh as part of your repentance, you can go to the Bishop and talk to the Bishop and say, what do you? Give me some counsel here on what you would, what I could do to repent and change and be better. Uh, and the bishop will will has the keys and the mantle to be able to receive that re- revelation and help you with that. So, all right, students, thanks for listening to this episode of Gospel Questions. You should come to one of our institute classes. That'd be fun. You should do it. But until next time, everybody, we love your guts. Stay righteous.